What's up, everybody? This is your boy, Flo. And I'm Q. We just want to uh, welcome you to the Hot Seat Podcast. First and foremost, want to apologize for the delay. We did come a little bit late. We're trying to make small, small improvements and adjustments to our podcast. So it took us a minute to try to figure out the microphones and this mm. new this new stand and everything. Just trying to make everything, you know, flow as uh, smoothly as we possibly can. So it has been a minute. Want to welcome you guys back. Those listening on the Apple Podcast, to our village people on Facebook, we appreciate the support. Keep it up. We truly, truly do appreciate it. So to our podcast listeners, you did not get to hear part one because we left it exclusively on there. They've been strong supporters of us and we want to give them something special. So all you have to do is like our Facebook page, which is Living with QFlow. That's right. Living with QFlow. And then you'll mm-hmm. get part one of this conversation. So we wanted to, uh, you know, show our respects, continue the conversation. Didn't feel it was right to just move on to our next our next com- our next topic. Uh, so we wanted to keep this thing flowing. And so this is going to be, as I said before, part two. This is going to be our response. Uh, that's what we're going to focus on today. So a lot of people have started calling the recent events a multicultural movement, which is a powerful statement. That is inclusion of people of all walks of life due to the in recent injustices. Uh, but what really put the put the fire, the, the kerosene to the already brewing fire was the killing of our brother George Floyd. So a lot of people have compared it to uh, movements that have happened before. In the, in the 60s, you had the Civil Rights Movement. And so from a historical perspective, the, the what they started was great. And they knew what they started. Us that came after will have to finish that job. So we have to give credit. We have to give homage. We have to give our respects. Because without them, we wouldn't be in this position today. So the Civil Rights Movement did win the public inclusion, but it's up to us to get uh, to be a part and win the private inclusion when it comes to this American domain of life. We have to get to that, get to that level. So they, they see us as humans, you know, human rights, all those different laws started passed, segregation, unity, and different walks. So publicly, we look unified. But behind the scenes, privately, when it comes to the, the top jobs and and uh, economic status and household size, households having fathers present, there's a huge disparity there. So that's one of the things that we have to use uh, this time, this platform, the unfortunate sacrifice, the unfortunate loss of George Floyd, but we're gonna make sure his memory, uh, his daughter's words, we have to make sure they reign true, that he really change this world so first thing is poverty our community the black community when it comes to this poverty numbers with two and a half times the white american family even furthermore when it comes to annual income there's average uh, as of 2016 we did a little research too we want to give you some facts um <laughs> the white family is 171 thousand dollars that is 10 times the black households that's crazy it's a lot that's that, that 10 times that's a lot. 
Jeez. So you that put in retrospect. That is someone having a house, everything prepared and ready to go, and then you're living in the slums of the city in an apartment with cockroaches. Like that's how huge of a difference that is. That is crazy. Ten times. That is one of the things that we have to put in place. What I feel is the next thing. It's a really it's really relevant. It's to today. And that is the systematic legislation of laws being passed to ensure white supremacy reigns true and reigns first and foremost. So how how did they do these things? How are they able from uh, master the slaves to now we're to we're unified in the public eye now today to still having some semblance of control, but is not always relevant and present in media every single day. Right. So that is the increase in police violence. So if you didn't know from 2013 to 2019, 99% of police killings did not result in charges. 99%. So you're you're telling me from 1619 to now or to before 2012, 100% free-for-all killing of black people. Just don't listen, kill. Look at someone wrong, kill. Oh, I did it, but I don't want to get in trouble with my white community. Oh, just walked across the back guy. Catch it. Oh, you kill. You killed that woman. You raped that woman. You killed that man. 100%? 100. We just got to the 99. Just got to the 99. I was going to say slow progress, but I'm not sure you can consider that progress. You how? I thought I was going I know, to say past tense. Not about it. And it, what's what's terrible <laughs> is we could technically start it in sixteen nineteen. During that time, nearly two million slaves were killed, and we talked all. Oh, it's almost four hundred and one years, y'all, and we just now get into ninety nine percent. That should show how much work that we have to do, how ingrained systematically the Constitution is in its history and making sure white supremacy reigns true to making sure that only one has equality across the board. One has true, uh, true opportunity to supersede its current situation or its childhood and its upbringing. Mm-hmm. We have to make a change. We have 42 million people, black people in America. And that is an understatement because the last time it was reported, 2010 U.S. Census. So obviously we have grown. Mm-hmm. But is that true growth? Is that really the true number of how many people are in America? Of course there are. But how many of that number are actually active participants in daily society, paying their taxes, working, 
building up strong black families, making sure that the generation that you're bringing into this world has a better standing than where than when you came into this world. So you have that consistent elevation as the generations go through. That's the challenge that we face. We are united as a power. We could unite, but there's there's a huge uh, hole in the, in a lot of black families and black communities, and that's because forty percent of the prison population is us, black kings and black queens locked up due to the three strike rule, uh, the possession of marijuana, weed, or any other charges. Thank God for you know the movie Just Mercy. It really opened up my eyes yeah. to the fact that there are a lot of people that are just sitting up in jail that did absolutely nothing. So the Equal Justice Initiative is is a powerful thing that's going on to get those people reacclimated with society mm-hmm. because now they're out. We need them to vote, participate, right. use their power, use their voice to unite with us so we can really spark and make a change and difference in this world. We have to demand the next thing. We we gotta fo- we gotta focus on that three strike rule. We gotta focus on that charges, people getting locked up when it was illegal or not illegal. Let them free. That's what I say. I say let them free because of those things, because they can vote. They can be a part of making a change. They can help raise the kids that they were not able to raise raise their kids because there's a single parent household. That was struggle because you have to rely on government assistance. The jobs are not paying as well, which is another thing that's going on currently. A lot of us lost jobs, right? Essential workers, some of us got to keep ours. But now the economy is starting to open up and jobs, people want to come back. But there's a huge disparity right there between blacks getting their jobs back and whites getting their jobs back. There's been a huge dip off. Actually, our unemployment rate has risen while theirs has dropped. Mm -hmm. Ours going back to work. Ours (laughs) ours rose about 0.01% while theirs decreased by 2%. So it's just like you're insuring the 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 uh, economic status between blacks and whites whites stays like this and that's another issue that we have to address we have to call for an amendment or or inclusion in the constitution the constitution wasn't written for us we have been here in this country 169 years before it was ratified they wasn't thinking about us because at that time, when they ratified it, there wouldn't have been no slaves then. There would be no point. Right. Very true, very true. So it's just, wow. So we barking, we have rights. Now we understand. Now we see why we really don't, because they really never included us. So we've just been surviving, fighting for survival, Darwinism, survival of the fittest turning the other cheek constantly and every single day, walking out the, uh, outside the house worried, which is crazy. Black families have to worry about mother staying alive, father staying alive, when they're out and about trying to make it happen for the family at their jobs. While they're doing that, traveling to or fro or at their workplace, they're worrying about themselves and it's amplified because they're children. They're at school. A lot of shootings and stuff happening. They could just get picked off playing, having fun. Oh, yeah, you can go to so-and-so's house and y'all, 
Oh, they're just gonna go to the park and have fun. You come home, your child gone. That happens to us way too often. So, mm-hmm. so many of those challenges. And I just think it'll be better if we can get those people home, if we address these issues, because I think that will spark a change. I think that will increase our relations with the legal system and the police department because they obviously got it twisted up because it says right there, I said it in the the first, the part one, to protect and serve. They put serve last for a reason. So that's the last thing you say. So it's the last thing that's going to be ingrained in your head that I'm supposed to be of service. How am I being of service to them? I'm protecting them. So all of a sudden protect equals kill? No, because you're supposed to protect and serve the people. That's what you're supposed to do. But you also have to think of the mindset that's been ingrained in the United States history. Yeah, that's true. There are the people that they associate themselves with and recognize as people, and then there are the others who mm-hmm. are people but not seen as people. So to oh, protect, you talk, you're talking about white and whites. To protect and serve, <laughs> and it's supposed to be for the public. But if you and your mindset don't think that someone who's of darker skin color than you mm-hmm. deserves protection or deserves your service or you don't really see them as a human person to be protected Mm -hmm. or served then i am protecting and i am serving the interests of people who i believe deserve it yeah but that's not what that's not what it says though yeah that's true that's (laughs) true and i like that uh actually going to try and find and put in post the video after i talk about this briefly but there were two cops that really stood on their ground white cops saying we have to end this we have to stop we have to recognize we got to understand we have our compassion and heart we need to realize what our job is in its totality what is it that we're supposed to do mm-hmm. you go by that at least i understand i personally now i'm speaking i understand that a lot of them yeah they were they were you know brainwashed a little bit putting out their black faces white people in black faces to show that these are this, this is what black people are going to do. They get out. They get in your neighborhood. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. And that sparks fear. And they just keep passing. You can't protect. You can't protect. You can't You can't trust. You can't trust. They just go by generation to generation because that's what they believed. Mm-hmm. But then there are others that did not. And so I commend those people. But we have to uh, give credit to them. I like what they were saying. They stood on their ground. One gentleman did lose his job. So if I can put it in post, I'm going to put it in post right now. If not, y'all can look it up on Facebook or YouTube because I couldn't find it. But yeah. So the next thing is we're responding, right? We're responding to what's going on and uh, rightfully so. And that's where we goes back to what I said at the beginning, which was multicultural movement. Everyone's coming together across the entire nation. There are protests going on. People, we're in a pandemic and people care about this so much and now are so sick and tired. It's just like we've hit the end of the road, boys to men. (laughs) Okay, 
we, we've hit the end of the road. And now those people who feel compelled, feel lulled, feel that that, that, that that is their calling are taking to the streets and protesting. That is wonderful. That is powerful. We've seen it done before, civil rights movement in history. We're, now we're seeing it again. But I will say to those that are out there doing what they're doing, I love it. It is an emotional, unified expression of an injustice or something that you feel is wrong that needs to change. Mm -hmm. Keep at it. Just like the, the boycott, the Montgomery bus system, the boycott, 382 days of them boycotting, people boycotting. The backside of that is the people putting their money where their mouth is. It's people using their talents, their skills, their positions, the, the power that they have, the little power with a whole bunch of other little powers to have one joint power to, to make sure that change actually happens. Yeah. So those are the people that hear you and see you. The entire, the entire nation sees you. There are people in place that have been trying to spark change and trying to do these things, and you guys are helping, helping out, right? You're out there putting a face to the problem. Those people who are doing the extra mile work while we're asleep, while we're trying to figure out what we're going to do tomorrow, they know what they're doing. We have to make sure that when we act, we're not discrediting what it is that we're trying to achieve in the work that they're trying to do because they're really trying to spark change. Right. So the violent protests that discredits what the movement is trying to achieve. So we cannot be out there violently protesting, tearing up your own bank, your own streets, your own church, your own whatever it is in your particular neighborhood is not going to bring justice or bring the millions since 1619 people that we have lost. All you're doing is harming yourself and the next generation right. because now they're without or now they're in their little town's reconstruction period. So taxes might be higher, whatever the case may be. Please do not do that. We have seen this done before and it was used to help a president get reelected because he stood on law and order. I am a law and order president. That was Nixon in 68. We continue to do this, that same type of political strategy can be used again to get Trump reelected. So we cannot, we cannot do that. Our best response is to be at peace, keep a peaceful protest at all times. Do not allow yourself to be bathed by anti, um, anti-government, um, Antifa, um, anti-government Radical. extremists, radicalists, white supremacists do not be baited by their actions. I've seen plenty of videos. Bricks. Why are bricks in the middle of the road of Dallas? Stone bricks. Well, there isn't even a brick building over here. Yeah. Just oh, well, there's one right there, but it's already built up. Well, what is it doing here? I'm walking by the street. Why is Target got all of its those busted in. Let me go in and see. Don't do those things because people are always watching. And that is a creative way out to ensure that, oh, black people, they're, 
They're violent. They're criminals, just like they were doing way back when with the with the old generation of white folk always on TV, on using social media to show people in the bad light. This is why we need police officers. This is why we need law and order because they don't know how to control their emotions. They don't know how to act right. They can't keep nothing. We always got to be fixing their mistakes. That's why I don't want to pay taxes because all you're going to do is give it to them. They ain't going to do nothing with it but sit on food stamps for the rest of their life. And Section 8, see all of that stuff, that's what they're thinking. That's what they're using. So do not be baited by them. Allow, Allow them to get recorded and take the credit for that foolishness. Don't participate in it. All it does is perpetuate that ingrained mentality from Mm -hmm. the beginning, from the beginning of slavery, that we are, what, they say thugs and gangsters and we're up to no good and all we know how to do is steal and take. Yeah. Don't add to that by letting somebody catch you doing those things. Mm Mm-hmm. Just be, and I understand it's it's out of pain. It's it's a power grab. Yeah. But grab your power in a way that's going to positively influence the movement mm-hmm. and affect change, systematic change. Grab that kind of power. Yes. Not the materials. Because mm-hmm. you can't take them with you. Mm-hmm. I would, the only thing I would say is, if you want to get caught doing something, get caught recording them doing that foolish stuff. Yeah. Get caught saying, don't do that. I need to get my real ID. Why are you burning a DMV in San Bernardino? I need to get my my birthday tomorrow. What is you doing? Get caught recording and saying those things. Right. Not going in there and let me get the, let's see if I can find the DMV answers to the test. Like, don't don't do that. Let me go see if I can get this TV up out of Target real quick. No, don't. That just diminishes what it is that we're trying to do and it ensures that they still have the power when we need to have inclusion, respect, life, the ability to live Mm -hmm. in this country peacefully without looking out over our shoulders. My dad told me once, you don't want to live a life living over your shoulders. And he was referring to doing illegal crimes and violent crimes, you know, always getting the drug dealing because they're always around. They're always looking at their corners. Mm -hmm. That technically should be the only situation in which you're doing that. Being black in America, you shouldn't have to constantly be doing this, but we do. And that's what we're trying to put it into. People doing right have to do it right along with people of all races doing wrong have to do it. That makes no sense. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't have to do that at all. So people protesting, that's the way to protest. Keep that up. People who have huge social media platforms, you make sure you do that. You make sure you do those things. Uh, Spark the change. Actually get active. Mm -hmm. Don't be one of those influencers that are just pretending just just for the picture, just to act like you really care. Just don't. Don't do that. Don't do that. Seen too many videos of people just pretending. I was like, wow, these people actually (laughs) actually be pretending. Don't. If you're an influencer, actually do it. Because if you get caught not actually caring, what do you think is going to happen to you and your platform and the things that you're trying to do? You like that lifestyle where you don't really have to report to anybody? Uh, you're going to have to report to somebody possibly now because you might get, you know, canceled. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you, you never know because you're faking it. We don't want no fakes. People who have money, go ahead and donate. Donate mm-hmm. to different causes. Do whatever it is that you feel led to do. Be a part of different movements, uh, different nonprofit organizations, whatever it is. But speaking of money, you want to make sure you you upgrade, right? We want to change the life that we're in now. But in sometimes some situations, we're getting close to Father's Day. Fathers need upgrades too. You want you want to show them some love and some appreciation. You know, I mean, it's just want to let you. People, most people never saw this because I was I didn't share. I was proud, but then it's kind of ridiculous. But this is my wallet, y'all. This used to be my wallet. There you go. Used to be. This is this. This used to be my wallet. Swag. Proud. Grandma State. All day, every day. Love all my HBCUs. Proud graduate. But this is my wallet. I had cash in here. I had cards. You know, I had notepad up in here. You know, I got. I had all types of stuff. Business cards. This is just too much. I kept it in my backpack at all times. But you know what? I, I stumbled upon this thing. I... They approved me to be a brand ambassador, and I and I feel that it's made me a little bit more safe and secure. You know, I don't have to worry about cash because I can't cancel cash. If I lose cash, I can't cancel. Can't. So it's reduced my wallet size. I love it. It's wonderful. Right here, baby boys and girls. Jet lag. Let you put about six to seven cars in here. It's secure. It's sturdy. It's safe. It's it is safe as well. It's classy. It's unique. It's slim. I love this thing. You just It's a toy to me almost. Just keep on flipping it up and down. Got all my, got seven cards, seven cards in here. Make sure I only got nothing but credit cards and debit cards. I lose that, just cancel it. So you make sure Father's Day is coming up. It is the perfect wallet to get your father. So head over to JetLagGo. That is JetLagGo.com and use my promo code too. That's going to be Floydell underscore 15, and that'll get you 15% off. So one of the responses to what's been going on is, uh, let's just uh, get rid of the police. That's, that's one of them. That's, that's, we're going to address that in just a moment. The more popular one is, let's defund the police. I'm going to vote for defunding the police because we have nearly a million police officers in the United States and I'm just rounding off, just rounding off. I would probably say hmm, somewhere between no more than 20% of them are bad eggs. I don't believe the the 20% needs to outrule the 80%. Mm-hmm. I think there are other constructive ways you can address the issue. Uh, defunding them is one is one way I think that is best because I have people, friends, and family that are in the police department, and they're good people. Right. I don't think their livelihood should be just gone just because of the twenty percent or ten percent or whoever the bad eggs may be. Mm-hmm. So defunding the police, I feel, is the best way to go. Um, I feel if you start changing the policies and procedures and and consequences to their actions, I think that will start to reduce the amount of uh, police brutality going against black Americans and just people in general, because there's a lot of reports going on 
about police officers killing people. I know this would feel like 100% of it is, it, it is us, but if you think of it from a mathematical perspective, of course, there's other killings of other races. We just carry nearly all of it. So we need to cut it out. So I think if we cut, if we end up cutting their budget, uh, defunding them, and then reallocating those funds to different areas, I think that will be a better response. Um, I think also in doing so, you need to take out of all the police departments military grade, grade weapons. Yeah. Because it, does, it doesn't make any sense for our tax dollars to pay for two militaries. Mm-hmm. A domestic one, the police force, and the international one, which is going to be all the military branches. That just doesn't... It's almost like we're showing we're at war. On both in our country and outside our country, that just like there's we're supposed to be the land of the free, you know. Mm-hmm. It sounds like we not peaceful at all. I mean, if you think about it, technically right now we kind of do have an internal war going on. Yeah. Except yeah. only one side is armed <laughs> for war. Yeah, that is very very true. <laughs> we got two wars technically. We got the invisible one and then this yeah. one that has been going on for far, far, far too long yes so yes i think reallocating the funds would be the key what do we do with those funds i wrote this list down so i make sure i don't forget so let's go ahead and improve the underfunded cities let's improve the buildings let's improve the streets the structure that is going on in those underfunded cities let's start handing out business loans to minorities who have great ideas but they just don't ever get approved so sba increase increase their capabilities, maybe lessening the requirements, whatever the case may be, and make sure you tag them, associate them. The loan comes with a business specialist that can make sure that the business is successful. Because you don't want to, I understand, you don't want to be taking out loans to people and then land of defaults. Just the land of defaults. You don't want that. I understand you don't want that. And those people who end up doing that, you don't want that either. That's on your credit. So make sure you put a business specialist there or a bookkeeper or whatever, someone who is of knowledge and can ensure that the business's success is successful and pays back his loans timely in a quick, fast, or whatever manner uh, that, that makes sense with that business. So make sure we can do that. The next thing we can use those, those funds for would be like social services, mental health, combat homelessness which is a huge problem million people plus problem in los angeles uh domestic violence uh you can increase school so that way the schools uh funding so they have uh they can increase the technology Mm -hmm. because that is the wave now right so the children need to be properly equipped on how to use the technology moving forward because they're going to need it in high school ultimately they're going to need it in their uh in their careers whether it be a regular nine to five job or your own, you know, your own business that you started, you're Mm -hmm. still going to use technology. So make sure they have that hospitals. Of course, y'all need some money too. Y'all need some money. (laughs) Y'all need to make sure you got the PPE. Make sure you have all those things. Mm -hmm. Make sure you get better scanners. You know, all of those, Uh, all of those things that just make your job so much easier as a registered nurse. Yeah. And then lastly, people got to live somewhere. So housing, you got section eight, make sure they have, they have more funding. So the wait list isn't forever. I'm going to be honest with you. I was on the wait list. 
I was waiting and waiting and waiting. Practically have to write your name like three days after you're born in order to get one. <laughs> yeah, it's, by the time it's crazy. <laughs> and so we end up getting we I see this is how long this is how long the wait was. I went out and got on the wait list trying to get an apartment. We ended up getting an apartment together. Then they called me. Yo, apartment's open. What? I'm already months in the lease. Can you break it? Nope. You gonna pay for it? So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that waiting list should not be that long because that's what that's what increased the homelessness. Mm -hmm. And then children are they love they either yeah, they love school. Let me put it like that. They love school because they have somewhere to go, they make sure they're fed, they can wash their hands, stuff like that. Right. For a lot of those kids that do not have a place to go. So I think using those funds will be the best way to go. And in actuality, I think with less police could lead to less crime. I think I think that can happen. So I did when you ahead. said defunding. Mm-hmm. So if you defund, you can't have that many officers. Oh, okay, I get it. I was like, you didn't say yeah. anybody. Yeah. Got so it. you can't have that many officers. So I did did a little research and uh, New York did a study back in 2014, 2015. It's like near the end and then following to 2015, right. a few weeks like that. Mm -hmm. And they actually know that scaling back the police officers in the streets, they their cases actually dropped by 2,100. I, reading that, I thought it was quite interesting because, um, what was it? They, it was considered proactive policing mm -hmm. and... Basically, they would um, get people on like minor infractions. So, you know, the things that are small. And that was just increasing their numbers so much. So, I mean, things in my mind is like, oh, that's kind of petty, but all right. <laughs> petty, petty. <laughs> so, just for you, Jordan. Right? <laughs> so, they scaled that back. They didn't have their increased police presence in the, the high risk crime areas. So, Places they thought would have a lot of crime. Mm -hmm. Black communities. Basically. They, the, Latino they, communities. They think those places would have a lot of crime. So they have more police officers present. And then they um, did proactive policing. So they stopped that. They weren't just out in the open patrolling. And then they let go of the proactive policing. Mm -hmm. And they had that decrease in the amount of crime. It's like, yeah. really? Okay. It, it is. It is interesting. Mm. It is interesting. Sheds light on quite a bit. Yeah, and that's, and I think, we're, it's going to be interesting to see how the city of Minneapolis responds because as of right now they're taking the steps to disband uh, the police altogether, and so they're still working on what will go in place of the police, mm -hmm. but disbanding it is going to be interesting to see because they're a pretty large yeah. city and you're about to remove it all together but I guess they did a little research the council president out there in Minneapolis Miss uh, Lisa Bender uh, she said that most of their calls are for mental health or for health reasons or fires or EMT services so right. it's not necessarily about violent crimes so it'd be interesting to see how that goes uh, we have our uh, mayor out here uh, Garcetti, he's looking to uh, defund the police by 100 to 150. I think that's a that's a great that's a great act. That's a great act. But you're only about 20 percent of the way. I mean, 
homelessness is is a huge problem here. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of minorities uh, being in the financial industry. Industry, I see a lot of a lot of minorities have a lot of great business plans. They just can't get the funding. Right. So I think mm-hmm. you need to increase that to probably like half a million. I mean, one fifty. What is that really going to do if you're trying to do the schools and the social services and the small business loans and you know health and domestic violence and hospitals? So I think yeah, you. Uh, I think I'm calling for five hundred thousand. So. Anyone, anyone second 500,000 and a two on 500,000, three on 500,000. I need the four on 500,000. I need that number to continue to go up and up and up. I just, I don't remember exactly how much the budget was. It was like 180 it, trillion or something. Like, yeah, it, it, so it was a lot of zeros. Yeah. It, it was, it was beyond million for I, sure. I, we can, we could definitely yeah someone fact check us on that drop it in the comments please we want you to interact with us yes all of our people that are going to be watching this on youtube and on facebook go ahead and just like fact check us on that because i think it was in the trillion i know it was in the trillions i just just don't know the actual number yeah because the schools that budget is in the billions so i think the police was in the trillion. i'm not too sure the police are in the trillions us the up no. there trillions. but the question is because now that Minneapolis is going with disbanding and removing the police you know department altogether can this actually sweep across the nation can can all cities actually say police officers kapuski can they do that can they give them the boot boot so uh I did we did a little yeah yeah I did a little research, you know, like I said, we researched this thing because we was like, well, if they're doing it, other people might do it. So we had to make sure we drop facts. And has okay? it been done before? Exactly. So how it works is cities have to be, you know, chartered. They have to be incorporated within the county, uh, within the within the state, within the country. And so they have to submit, you know kind of like their formal documents like a business plan would or a 501c3 trying to make sure they get all the benefits and be recognized as a nonprofit. Cities have to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. So in most cities, they put that they would have a police force in there. So Mm -hmm. it's pretty much... Bible? It's The Constitution, the law, to make sure that you have it. So for those who have that that uh, the, those legal leads, <laughs> those legal leads within their document, they gotta have it. You can't just give them the kabuski. You you just can't do it. Right. You just can't. You just so, can't do it. So we want you to go ahead and watch this video real quick, and we want you to you know engage with us here with these. With, well, not these. But what this particular person has to stay, say and how you feel. So I think in some of it we addressed uh, according to where we're going with our with our uh, topic sheet here. But yeah, we want to hear from you. So enjoy this uh, kind of extended video. Mm-hmm. So what we have here, one city actually did. They actually did. It's like this, y'all, some corrupt people. We done put all these different policies and procedures in place, and y'all just keep on planting evidence and falsely 
uh, convicting people. We just, we just gotta, y'all getting the boot, boot. Y'all getting the boot, okay? Y'all out there just doing the wrong thing. Right. I almost said my other word, but that would not have made sense. <laughs> so y'all just out there doing the wrong thing. You gotta, come on, man. Ain't y'all watch Spike Lee? Just do the right thing. So they have to kick them all out. And this is out of uh, Camden, New Jersey. And so just to put it in retrospect to um, just compare them to the city of Minneapolis, their population is only 17%. So that's why it's going to be interesting to see how this actually works in the city of Minneapolis. But yeah, they discovered all that stuff was going on in 2012. They just gave them the boots. And they were the uh, near the number one as far as the city with the most violent crimes as well. And since then, seven years, yeah, seven mm-hmm. years, thirty, it's twenty, yeah, seven. I can I can't count right now, but I'm just gonna <laughs> say seven years because that's what I wrote. Uh, crime has dropped by forty two percent. So yeah, forty two percent. So, but how? Are they operating? Are they really operating without police force, or what is it? What is it that they do? So I actually really like this article of all the ones that I read. And this is the <laughs> one that'll be in the description because we both really like this one. This was this is really interesting. So where I I like I like their approach. I like the idea of let us get rid of this largely corrupt police what force police force there you go police force because you know sometimes where you have a problem if you're able to get to the root of it and clear it out then that's great but sometimes it's so large there's there's so many different angles that it goes to that you cannot do that you just have to get rid of the whole thing and this was one of those situations where they just had to get rid of (laughs) clean slate okay goodbye (laughs) new board Let's try this again. Mm-hmm. And so they did that. Now, yeah. in the article, they did say that about... About 100, 100 of them were re-vetted, hired, re-vetted, yeah, hired, and hired again. back. Mm-hmm. So they actually do have a police force. They got rid of the existing police force. Mm-hmm. They reimagined what the police force should be. Yeah, they and rebranded. Then, mm-hmm, yeah. And then 100 of the people who used to be on the police force were hired back as well as of course they had new recruits and they have a whole um system for their new recruits they have i think it's like a sensitivity training type of thing and then they also have the recruits go and meet the people in the areas that they will be patrolling Mm -hmm. so rather than it being this is the community that we um are supposed to patrol and protect it's this is my community and mm-hmm. I am yeah. here to help. So they're actually part of the area. They're not strangers. Um, I love it because you actually get to see the police officer from day one mm-hmm. who's going to be patrolling your area. He's had to knock on everyone's door. So you've built that relationship. And now mm-hmm. you have like this new type of trust. Be like, hey, Billy. This, this, over here, hey, Billy. Right. Hey, Timothy. A Martel, Devion, Tyrone, like you can call people out like they, you know, they're there to protect you. It's just like, yeah, I ain't got to do nothing because, you know, they got they got my back. You feel me? They got my back. Mm-hmm, exactly. So, 
um, they reimagined what the police force could be, and mm. rather than just rebranded, re- they rebranded. <laughs> well, they say they had to reimagine because you can't rebrand something yeah, if you're stuck with the same ideals. Mm-hmm. So they had to think of what could we do. What could it be? And then from there, they rebranded the police force and introduced that to the community. So it's not they. So they first disbanded, reimagined, rebranded, but then also reincorporated. Yeah, reincorporated. But with also with that, it's smaller, so there is less funding. So they were disbanded and uh, defunded. Mm-hmm. kind of simultaneously yeah. but without actually saying we're also doing this mm-hmm. so i mean i i think that's a great way to go especially if you do have it's such a large problem with a large population sometimes it's just better than trying to pick out all the bad things just let's start new mm-hmm. and like like they said you know they revetted some hundred of um, police officers and then they were um rehired so, I mean, not to say, because, like you said, not every police officer is bad. No, not everyone is bad. Mm-hmm. But it would be easier to get rid of everybody and get the good ones in than try yeah. to pick out all of the bad ones. Yeah. And so, I think that's a great way to go. And because it's a smaller unit, they don't have as much resources poured into just the police force. The funding is less, so it can go into other stuff. And then part of their philosophy is that the police force has like um, like uh, block party cookouts, you know, routine, yeah, routinely. And they cho- choose an area, they go there, they mm-hmm. cook for them, and it's more of a family partnership dynamic then I'm over here to police and you're over there being police. Yeah, I'm, I'm over here to tell you what you cannot do because you don't have rights. So, so all of that is just building good habits, mm-hmm. right? Say something that's, that. That's the cool thing. It builds <laughs> good habits. Yes, good habits. I see. No, you're messing me up. So the good habit about it is that it's something that happens every single day for the entire year, right? These police officers are doing this over and over and over again to where it is their new norm. And what's so powerful and what's so cool about it is, is that we're brand ambassadors of Habits 365. And that is exactly what they're trying to push. If you consistently do something, you can achieve the goal that's your you can achieve the goal that you set out, right? So we want you to go over to Habits 365. Go ahead and support this uh, business by two young individuals. They're now 18 and 21. Mm-hmm. They started this out. We're proud to be a part of their team. They have top A-list celebrities that are on board as well. You got Dwayne Wade. You got John Morant. You got Giannis. You just got Giannis. Can't, can't say the last name. Trying to mess his name up. But you know who I'm talking about, the number one player for the Milwaukee Bucks. So make sure you use our promo code. It's going to be FW15. It'll get you 15% off. Take it away. Go ahead and finish that thought. Don't remember what it is. Um, I was going to say, I don't remember. I honestly don't remember. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, my my bad, y'all. We gotta we have timing. We gotta get these ads in at the right time. But 
Sorry for stealing that thought away from you. I know it, it, it got you a little bit emotionally. You you couldn't help but express it. And my apologies. But we got to get these ads in uh, to make sure we're doing what it is that we're supposed to do. Because of you guys, we have the opportunity to have a brand ambassadorship, sponsorship. So we want to make sure you guys reap the rewards of you guys supporting us. So we appreciate it. The last thing that we're going to do since we were talking about, let me get back to this little docket right here and this little list of topics was the um, Camden, New Jersey, right? And how they, they, how they're now operating in their city and they really have built more like a family friendship type of relationship with their police force. It has dropped the crime by 42%. There is another idea that's out there. Just want to throw it out there and see what it is that you think. So each city has a multitude of people, right? America is truly a melting pot. But in some areas, some cities are predominantly one race. Mm -hmm. And so one thought is the predominantly one race, wherever that city is, black communities, black police officers policing the community. What do you have to say about that? No. Why? Because it's just another form of segregation. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm a black police officer, so I'm only going to police black peoples or black communities mm -hmm. because I'll understand it. But if you're in a cultural melting pot, then you have to know about other cultures and you have to be able to deal. You may not be able to understand, but that's why you have rules and guidelines to mm -hmm. follow. That's why people or I should say police are in problems now because they're not really following the guidelines for which they're supposed to in their jobs. Because nowhere in it does it say keep your neck on somebody and kill them. I'm sure that's nowhere yeah. written. Yeah, that's so true. if you do that, so that it's just another way to split everybody up. But that's the so, opposite of what we want. So you see it as a creative way to dial back to the 60s. Like, oh, black people. Uh, black people do black people. White people do white people. Asians do Asians. Hispanics who do Hispanics, Mexicans do Mexicans, whites do whites, and there you go. Pretty much. Because eventually it'll be this community, you are okay and welcome in this community because you look like everybody in this community. Mm -hmm. But the minute you travel somewhere else, mm -hmm. then you get back to, well, why are you here? Look, you don't was, look like the people who What was that here. show that we watched today? Because the police officer said, well, your son was oh. in the wrong neighborhood. It was a clip from Family Matters. Family Matters. I think I'm going to try to find and put that clip in there so you guys can yeah. understand where that thought process could potentially lead. So now you can only go to this area. But what if you have to cross this area to get to your area and you get stopped? Well, you weren't supposed to be here. Now you're you racially profiled like you and all of this stuff. So mm -hmm. we're going to drop that clip in there for you, too, as well. But I think that that is, I agree with you. I, I would have to truly, truly go ahead and agree with you on that one. That I don't, I don't see that as being effective mm -mm. at all. I think that just starts to create lines again and we don't want lines at all. We don't want any, any lines at all, but yeah. We want it to be like the rainbow, just seamlessly blend. Yeah. And create something beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's what we're trying to, that's, that's what we want. That's what we want to go for, right? Unity, right. equality, uh, being a part of the Constitution, actually having rights, 
not having to fear for our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, for people who do wrong, those are the ones that should fear for their lives, not the people who are doing right. Well, they shouldn't and fear complying. for their lives, but they should know that they will be there are dealt consequences with to their actions. Yes, I think it's. I think it's really telling. In closing, you guys, I think it's really, really telling to 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 realize that we were never meant to be here which is why we were well we were never meant to be here first and foremost now that we were here we were ensured that we stay at the level that someone else chose us to be at Mm -hmm. and then they are allowed to treat us how they want to but within their own little community they treat each other with respect right so they never felt it was necessary to start implementing common sense laws because we we're, we're not we're not human right we're property we're dogs we're, we're machines that's all that we are mm-hmm. so i think that's telling how terrible the system was founded and and implemented in our country to the point that now you have city of minneapolis and different other states implementing laws you can't put your neck your knee on someone's neck you can't put them in a chokehold you know eight can't wait all of this all of this common sense stuff that you're not supposed to do that don't matter what race you are you were trained educated taught not to do these things to people because that's not nice now we have to put and implement it when it comes to people who are supposed to serve and protect i just think that's just foolish not just people grown people these are adults these are not kids who don't know better they are adults the adults that taught the kids not to do those things what (sighs) yeah so yeah (laughs) that's going to be the conclusion for us today i hope you guys enjoyed this episode this is our uh response part two to what's going on people are coming up with different uh, creative ideas so that we wanted to share them with you give our little response and feedback on how we feel about it Mm -hmm. we do want to hear from you guys so please make sure you comment make sure you share it as well we want to reach as many people with the with these different ideas that we've we've come up with and um i just told a story because i forgot that there was one more one more thing that was our response to what was going on moving forward i need a motion i need a second a third i need it to be ratified so i need people to put they put their ones and twos and second motions in the comments any police officer that has the courage that has the gumption the unadmitted goal the audacity mm-hmm. to kill someone unrightfully they should be charged automatically with murder for one because you were not protecting or serving which is in your job description in addition to the situation in which the citizen was complying or even if they were not complying in the end you got them to a point in where they had no choice but to comply like you secured the situation you have a handle over what's going on you then further shoot choke kill run over hit don't matter you end up killing that person you need to get charged with murder you need to be sentenced to the longest to the maximum of the law then lastly because every action 
there's a reaction. Every mm-hmm. cause, there's an effect. Every decision has a consequence. Mm-hmm. Your pension now, therefore, hence and forevermore, will be for the the for the victim's family. Now, I think that will ensure people have a second thought, like, oh, if I do this, he said he can't breathe, I need to give up. Because there was another I can't breathe that happened in Oklahoma recently. Really? Yes. I didn't get a chance to read the article. I don't know if he passed, but I just saw the article before we started recording this. I didn't read it. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? Your pension, your retirement, whatever you got for the future when you when you retire from your job, all of that money goes to the victim's family. And I think that will reduce these killings as well. So I meant to put that in there. I just saw my note right now. That was the other thing. I guess we can say this is a little bonus for you guys. This is a little bonus. Yeah, it's sad but true. Money is a great motivator. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just the truth of, of the days that we in which we live. Yeah. Money is a great motivator. Yes. So, you guys, make sure shine your light. That's what we're here to do and everything, our platforms, that's what we're trying to do, bring positivity. Uh, we want to just want you guys to shine your light. So, please, once again, you can subscribe to us on the YouTube channel. You can go ahead and find us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, make sure you like the Facebook page, subscribe to YouTube, follow the Instagram so you know what we got going on. And share everything. Share it all. Share it all. We want to make sure people hear and understand what's going on in the world, uh, creative ways to build relationships, mm-hmm. strengthen families, exercise, cook, all of those things. We want to bring positivity, encourage others to bond with their kids and keep that family strong, keep the marriage strong, the relationship strong to get to the marriage. We want all of those things. We need families to stick together. So please, please, please share. We're going to drop all of our social media platforms. You can click on them. Go ahead and follow, support, whatever you feel compelled to do. But please, please, please go ahead and share. Well, we love you. Nothing but peace. Blessings upon each and every one of you. Mm -hmm. This has been Flo. And Pew. And we'll see you guys next week and on time. Yes on time. My, my.